0: like to welcome everybody to the Friday Night Inner Space talk. Um, tonight's talk is The Art of Heartfulness. Feel more, be more, do more. Um, and the topic really is exploring a few things for us tonight. And you know how we all, to a degree, live inside our own heads. Um, and... Yes, we get worn out by stress and emotional chaos internally, sometimes externally. So how do we get out of a busy head, overthinking and thinking and thinking? Um, This week I met somebody who was on a spiritual path and she said, I love studying um, spiritual truths, but I find myself living in my head how do I come into my heart and and into my being? And I guess that's what it's about to a degree. How do we get out of all those thoughts and opinions and belief systems and live in our hearts? But um, it's not a heart that gets hurt. We don't want a heart that gets hurt easily. So heartfulness, how to enhance the capacity of our heart in a way where we fear less, judge less, think less, smile more, love more, live more. How do we bring more kindness and connectedness and inclusion into our worlds? Is it possible to follow our heart, make better decisions, get better results? And that's some of the things we're hoping that our speaker will explore with us tonight. Quite a vast array of thoughts there. Our speaker is Maureen Goodman. Maureen is the Programme Director for the Brahma Kumaris within the United Kingdom. She has also developed um, the organization's work in prisons, healthcare, education, women's issues, and interreligious dialogue. The one thing that we haven't written in Maureen's introduction is her sense of humor. And it's deep and it's so heartfelt that spend three minutes with Maureen and you'll walk out with a huge smile on your face. I can guarantee it. Maureen, we're going to be asking you to speak until 10 past seven and then to do a short three-minute meditation with us. And then following that, I'll come back with the questions. And so I'll be putting the questions that come through the question and answer link to, walk to you. Thank you very much, over to you.
1: Thank you, thank you Aarti. Thank you very much for the kind introduction. They're always so kind and you have to live up to them. <laughs> so our topic of heartfulness, but I think first I, want to acknowledge just what's happening in Europe at the moment. And I think as we watch the news and hear the stories of of Ukraine, that our hearts are are very touched. I don't think there is a heart that isn't touched. And um, I don't know whether you had seen, there was a very, quite emotional appeal that President Zelensky made to The Russian people directly whether it got to them I I don't know but a man who's very very brave um, very courageous and that also is very moving Um, he was offered safe passage out of Ukraine by the Americans and his reply no thank you I want planes I don't want a ticket but here we are And I know as um, I've been touched by those scenes that I've been seeing on the screen, I've also had to remind myself that it's not going to be useful to get too caught up only in emotion, but I need to bring some perspective as well to what's happening. And I know we'd all like to help in some way or another. We can't all help physically, but our good wishes and our love really creates an atmosphere that's very powerful. In fact, before I go further into the um, topic of the talk, um, something that happened during World War II, and it became a project many, many years later called The Silent Minute. But um the German leadership always felt that in Britain that Britain had a secret weapon that won the war for them, and they didn't know what it was. And what it was was that every evening at 9 p.m. when Big Ben would chime, then most of the country fell silent for one minute's silence. So this was the secret weapon.
0: Maureen, and sorry, you've most on. of the country, for a moment you froze, so you got as far as most of the country, and the most, most of
1: the country fell silent, had a minute's silence. Can you hear me now? Yes, thank you. Yes, yes okay. Pa- pardon me. Um, most of the country had a minute's silence, and um, it was that that, um, that really was the secret weapon. And so the power of our consciousness and our thoughts is not to be underestimated. But yes, those thoughts have to come from the heart. Uh, uh, A very, very pure feeling that needs to come from the heart. And um, we do need the balance of the head and the heart. Um, It was said before that sometimes we just live in our head and uh, I know sometimes I've been in particular situations. I've really thought a particular thing about a person. And later on, I found out that it was totally my imagination. And so when I say we live in our heads, when I hear that phrase, I also say to myself, it's like I live in imagination. I'm not in touch with the reality Of what's happening around me. And so this is why the balance of the head and the heart is needed. I need perspective, I need understanding, I need reasoning, but I also need to be in touch with what my inner feelings are telling me. Um, When we are overcome by emotions, then this can sometimes lead us to actions or words that we will later regret. And so when we talk about heartfulness, it's not about being overwhelmed with feelings, and usually these are negative feelings, you know, the anger or the fear or whatever it is. Um, Even the positive feelings, I can get so excited about something but again, I lose perspective and I lose reality. Um, you know, I remember Daddy Janky saying once, nobody is ever as good as you think they are. Nobody is ever as bad as you think they are. And yet either we get very impressed and we get into that emotion of excitement or we become very critical. I wouldn't call that heartfulness. I would call that being influenced by emotions. And those kind of emotions ultimately do deceive us. They give us a wrong impression of reality. And so when we're thinking about heartfulness, it's about being in the heart in such a way that we are being true to ourselves and we are being true to others. And we're not being influenced only by the circumstances around us. There are so many types of influence that come our way. Um, You know, we're talking about what we're seeing now on the news or think of it in everyday life. Um, What people say to us influences us hugely or even Our imagination of what we think other people think of us influences us hugely. And when we're under an influence, then we tend to get into a lot of thinking. We lose the perspective of heartfulness, and we have too many thoughts going on which can lead to many emotions that are overpowering and, as I said, ultimately deceitful for me. They take me away from reality, take me away from truth. And so it's important to become, get, be in touch with my heart, being aware that the heart, the true heart, the pure heart, is part of my inner being. It's part of the soul, if you like, the soul itself. I am a soul. I inhabit this body and I have many aspects of my consciousness, but one of those is the heart. And the heart within the soul itself is very pure, is very generous, is very loving, is very joyful. And this is the heart that we wish to grow in the South. You know, it's um, interesting that uh, in indigenous um, philosophy, um, thinking about the indigenous people in North America, um, there isn't a word in their language, there isn't a word for love. And what is described as love is more generosity. And having a generous heart will always lead to abundance. Um, I had this explained to me by an indigenous elder, very, very wise man. And he said, imagine a little child who has a very dear toy that he or she holds to themselves. And that child sees another child in need of comfort. And out of that generosity of heart and generosity of spirit, the child gives the toy to the other child. And that's love. And I thought that was a very beautiful definition. It really is love in action. Love with sacrifice, love with selflessness. Love, which is a true giving. And the art of heartfulness is about giving. Too often we move through life wanting to take, and yes, we may may want to take material goods, that's one level, but very often we want to take others' approval, love, respect, regard. And so our actions tend to be influenced by that. Our heart tends to be influenced by that. And so we want others to love us. Um, I remember one of our elder sisters saying, um, If you really want people to love you, it's like you're selling your heart in the bazaar, you know? (laughs) Come, take my heart. Our hearts aren't that cheap. But another time she said, If you want others to love you, then First, you have to love yourself. And so we come back to this self-awareness, this awareness of the true being and the qualities of that true heart within. And when I begin to emerge or release those qualities, I begin to feel that inner strength. and inner dignity. A person who has dignity doesn't want to take. They have an abundance within and they wish to give. So when I think of heartfulness, excuse me, I also think of abundance because it's through abundance there is then generosity. And the more I give, the more I will receive In fact, we had it in our teachings, I think, today or yesterday. If you don't give, how will you receive? So just by taking and taking, actually, it seems, um, you know, a contradiction. But by taking and taking, then the soul, the heart, actually becomes empty. Think of it in this way. I'm looking for love from this person. I'm looking for regard from this person. And for a few minutes, they give it to me. And I enjoy it. Another few minutes, it's given to me. I enjoy it. And then, nobody there to give it to me? What is there inside? Emptiness. This is why we need to go to our true heart within, so that... We're not in the position of taking. The art of heartfulness is to give. Heartfulness, our heart is full. And so we have the abundance with which to give. And I know I mentioned Daddy Janki before, um, and she's one of the most generous beings I've ever known, probably the most generous being I've ever known. and. Not only would she give away all her physical things, and it was quite funny that somebody would go to see her and give her a gift. And then later on, the next person would go in the room and they'd come out with that same gift. <laughs> and you had to be careful that the other person didn't see that. <laughs> but she would give of her time. She would give of her love. She would give of her wisdom. And I think this was just so important and because she was giving of her wisdom she was actually giving dignity to others and I really like this this thought the dignity of the heart. I know as I have gone through life I've had to fix my heart quite a bit because (laughs) I'm quite an emotional person and um You know, I'm sure many of you are like me or maybe not, but I'd always want to fix everybody's problems or think I could fix everybody's problems. And of course, what happens is that when someone comes to you and they have a challenge, they have a difficulty, if you want to try and fix it, you're not allowing the other person to develop their own dignity of heart you're giving more of what you want to give rather than of what they may need. And, um, you know, it's interesting, had an example of this. Um, it's many years ago now, there was an earthquake in India in Bhuj area. And um, again, I've told this story before, but we had a group going out from our global hospital in Mount Abu in Rajasthan going out to give supplies and medical aid and help people and um, when they came back I was there and I was hearing their experiences and one of the doctors said that and they were going to you know they didn't just give handouts they wanted to give a cooking stove dry goods things that they could do for them people could do for themselves because here were people who you know the day before had everything and now they have to ask for food and this is of course happening in so many places and in Ukraine now too of course Um, and she said that some of the people said to her that when you people come to us and you give to us we don't feel that we lose our dignity and I thought that was very beautiful and I thought about it and I thought well It's about the consciousness with which you're giving. Sometimes we give or we do charity because we want to get the good feelings from that or the kudos or whatever it is. But real true giving, real generosity of spirit is giving because it's the right thing to do. But also it's not really a giving, it's a sharing. It's with that consciousness that all are part of my human family. And so, you know, if your brother and sister needs something, it's not a handout, it's a sharing. You need it, okay, here it is. So that consciousness, that perspective really led to a dignity in what they were doing. It's a dignity of heart that enabled the dignity of others to flourish so heartfulness is all of these things and it's such a a beautiful art but like was being said we need to go into that deeper self-awareness of the being to really touch the heart that true heart within and uh you would have heard many times in the talks that you know We all have original inherent goodness. Um, You know, you may see a person and think that, you know, where's the goodness gone? But somewhere it's there, but it's become very, very buried because mostly because of fear and insecurity and fear and insecurity is also born through ego, so many aspects to it. But when people are very angry and they're doing things that are really harmful, they are very insecure and very, very fearful. So, I want to get to that true heart, I want to emerge my inner goodness and that inner goodness is made up of those facets of my original qualities of love, of peace, of purity, of joy, of wisdom. These are all the facets of my inner goodness and when they are together then they give me tremendous strength and so as I begin to develop this awareness I then can develop more and more confidence and trust in myself and I know that I have learned to really trust my inner feelings before I wouldn't have really known is it right or not but as i practice this soul awareness this awareness of my original qualities this awareness of my true heart i've learned that i can trust my heart because it's not a heart that's just operating on influence it's a heart that's operating on the truth of who i am and if i really want to know what i need to do If I really want to know what my purpose is in life, I need to listen to those deep inner feelings and they will not deceive me. And I'm sure like me, you've had those instances where you've had the feeling to do something and you say, oh no, it's not that, it's all right, do it later. And later on you regret. If I'd have listened to my original feeling, everything would be fine. It is important to listen to our inner feelings, because this is actually the voice of our conscience, and we know in the world it's as if consciences have gone to sleep in a major way, but okay, what can I do at at least? I can look at others and say, look at them, but what about myself? The very least I can do is to awaken my conscience and to awaken those deep inner feelings and to understand what it is that I need to do that can bring benefit and upliftment to myself and to others around me. Because a true action is an action that will not harm anybody. A true action is the work, is worthy of blessings. And uh, the former head of our organization, she would say this, that her effort was this, that whatever she would do or say, only blessing should arise from the hearts of others. And you can't get blessings without a true heart, without that art of heartfulness. So we really need to develop that art of listening, don't we? Listening to ourselves. And then we will be able to listen to others without judgment. But sometimes I know there's a little bit of fear getting too close to one's heart what am i going to find there will i be able to manage i'm too insecure i need to keep those props around me i need to keep my ego alive and prove to people that i'm somebody and i can do something and so there's fear letting go of ego is like letting is letting go of a An identity that I've grown up and lived with for so long. And, you know, when I have a lot of ego, I need power, I need position, I need wealth, I need praise, I need so many things. And if I've been living off those things, to let go can be fearful. And I would just say, you know, I don't have a magic wand. Well, I suppose I do in a way, once you practice that awareness, it is like a magic wand, but it does take patience. You have to be patient with the self and try that art of heartfulness. Try that different perspective in a few situations where you feel it's a little bit safe and just see the response. And then you begin to trust that, yes, this is a good way to be. This is a better way to live. And I can begin to use that art in more and more situations in my life. And the important thing, very, very important thing, is not to criticize the self or put the self down inside get into that weak commentary, telling the self that I'm no good, um, eroding my self-respect through my negative thoughts about myself. This, This is something that is the biggest block to the heart, those negative thoughts about the self. And so it's so important not to get into that. Downward spiral. And if you see those thoughts starting to happen, catch them, catch them quickly and talk to yourself and say, No, this is of no use to me. Let me be in touch with my true heart. It's okay. It will be fine. So give yourself love and kindness at that moment. Don't take a stick and beat yourself up. That's really, really important. And I think the other thing that is so beautiful, when we really are in touch with our heart, it's much easier to be in touch with the divine heart, with the heart of God. And I know that this has helped me so much because if I feel that, you know, we have a saying that, you know, God sits in your heart and you sit in God's heart. Of course, for God to sit in your heart, has got to be very clean and pure and not filled with negativity. But God has a lot of love for each and every being. But we need to clean up that space in our heart where that love of God can sit. Of course, God is not going to literally sit in our heart. But the love of God, will certainly sit in our heart. And the love of God is love from the heart of God. And that brings brings so much power and encouragement and strength and says, it's okay, I can carry on, I can do this. I'm under that canopy of God's loving protection. And uh, in the little chit chat before, you know, we were talking about somebody who's passed on and how so many have experienced loss over these last couple of years. And to know that when a soul, where a soul, where a person has really earned people's blessings in their life, God will also provide that canopy to help them on the next phase of their journey. And there's a couple of other things that I've been working with inside myself as well over the last little while. Um, Because, you know, fear, I was saying the negative thoughts are, you know, a, a block to the heart very much. Fear is a very big block to the heart. And of course, when I do let go of fear, when it is possible, even if it's for a few moments before it builds up into a longer stretch of time, then what is there is only love. And uh, this is what I saw in our elder sisters at the end of their journey on this earth, There was just love and that was it. Benevolence and love, purity in its most beautiful form. And there are three concepts I've been working with that really are possible when I can come into that state of love rather than fear. And that is understanding and acceptance and compassion and understanding is really understanding where my true heart is understanding myself and recognizing my own inner goodness understanding others and recognizing their inner goodness whatever you recognize in another you empower that if you recognize their defects you empower that if you say that one's got that person's got ego that person is controlling, well, I'm just enhancing that in them by my vision. But understanding their original state of being, there's a chance that that can grow in them. And then the next step from understanding is acceptance. Whatever happens, let me accept. When I accept, then I become free from all those thoughts of why has this happened to me? What has happened? What shall I do? How could they do that? If I accept, I put a full stop to those thoughts. And the next step is, okay, now what can I do? And that's the compassion. When I'm caught up in the questioning and I just, Don't believe that it's happened and it shouldn't have happened. I can't actually do anything about the situation. I'm gonna stay there. But when I'm able to put an end to those thoughts and say, okay, acceptance, now what? That's real compassion, compassion for the self, compassion for others. Because in real compassion, you're no longer ruled by the past. And the past is the situation that's happened, what someone said, whatever it is. The past is your experience of that person. The past is your own habits and ways of being. But to have compassion is not to be ruled by any of that. To say now, it's like fresh what shall i do now how can i put that compassion into action and so the art of heartfulness is not a static thing at all it really takes us forward in life and as was said in the title we we are we be more because we are our real selves we live more because if you're your real self You don't waste time in negativity, you get on with life. And possibilities open up for you. And life becomes more and more joyful. And even when adversity comes, you say to yourself, there's something I have to learn. There's somehow where I have to serve. And you gain that purpose and you love more because that heartfulness is an abundance of love. So don't feel that any of these things are inaccessible, they're accessible to all of us. And the more I live from the heart, the more comfortable I will feel in myself. And this is something else about heartfulness. It makes me feel comfortable in my own skin. (laughs) And so I don't then compare with others or wish I had the opportunities they had. Or I don't get jealous. I'm comfortable in my own skin because I love and I experience the fullness of my own heart. And I know that I can do so much with that. So why do I want what somebody else has? I already have so much. But you know, in a way, we would never want to be anyone else but ourselves, would we? I sometimes would say, you know, line up in front of you, all the people you know, and then say to yourself, would I be any one of those people? And you say, no, I want to be myself. And so be yourself. Love yourself and practice that beautiful art of heartfulness. So thank you very much for listening. Time for any questions or comments, I think. No, I've finished a couple of minutes before, but nearly 10 past. Um, Could you lead us through the meditation first? Oh, yes. Meditation. Sorry. I almost forgot meditation. Okay. So now let us experience this beautiful state of being. So be comfortable. couple of deep breaths to relax. And now let us begin our journey away from all the distractions to go inside to my true heart, of my true self. Living a life externally has only brought me temporary happiness. But now I want more than that, I am worthy of more than that. So I step away from all the usual identities that I rely on, to say there must be an identity that is greater than all of those the identity of the being, my inner being. I am a being
0: of light.
1: My consciousness is light. I feel that lightness, that sense of freedom. I no longer have to be what others expect me to be. I can truly be myself. I can truly reach my pure heart within. As I touch my heart, there's a burst of energy, a knowing that something special can happen in my life. That energy is the energy of love. The energy of giving. The energy of compassion, of generosity of spirit. This is the dignity of the heart, the dignity of the being, of the self. And in this enlightened state, knowing my true,
0: pure heart,
1: I can hear the rhythm of the heart of God. Every beat is a beat of love, of truth, of wisdom. And my own heart begins to beat with that rhythm. I'm in tune with that divine love. Divine peace. There is healing. There is transformation. There is infinite possibility for me. And I share the vibrations of the heart with the world.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, lots of thank yous that have come through already. But, <laughs> but the questions have flooded in as well. So let me begin with those. Um, the very first question is, how do you deal with neg people who are complaining negative complaining people that try and take away your positivity i find it challenging that people use me as a sounding board for their issues and are taking advantage of me
1: (laughs) yes certainly happens um i think that uh depending on your own state of consciousness um Depend. It is the degree to which people will take advantage. And so the more you stay in your own inner dignity, the less people will take advantage of you. And when people are complaining a lot, you know, what I do sometimes is for a while, I'll just listen. I won't think anything. I'll let them speak. And I'll just say, thank you very much. But the important thing is that i will not engage with their negativity either by saying anything or or in my thoughts i will not um concur with it and that gives a signal that well it's not really worth complaining to this person because you know they don't support me (laughs) in my complaints um and so, yes, stay very focused. Stay with yourself, and just give out that vibration of dignity. But you know, if it keeps happening, then you know it depends on your relationship and your rapport with the person, of course. And every situation is is different. And um, but sometimes you can speak to them, or you can point out a person's good qualities, or you can say, well, you know, I, I really um i just find that uh, I, i'm happy to hear you but i really don't know what to say so maybe you need to think about things you know give them some signal that in the nicest way you can that you don't want to hear it anymore um but uh, but they will get this they have to get that signal from you that you are not interested and uh, i know that um sometimes there's gossip around and um Often the people don't come and gossip to me. They'll come and tell me things if they feel I need to know something to help someone, et cetera. But um, I'm I'm not very often the um, target of gossip, actually. And um, it's because people know I'm not actually interested. So you have to give you have to be dignified in that. Don't engage with it, basically, on any level.
0: Thank you that was very practical. You mentioned Ukraine and so there's a couple of questions there but the first one is I'm finding the evil of Putin difficult to accept as I have relatives in Ukraine. How can I show him compassion?
1: So it's not an easy one We, we have our center there and just today although I don't know the person but I heard that one of our um, BK students who come from India who was um, studying Ukraine, He was killed today, the news today or yesterday. Um, so yes, it's it's evil. There's no other word really. Um, there's a concept called uh, which actually was um, shown to me by this indigenous elder, the same one I was speaking of called Radical Empathy and it is about finding that generosity of spirit within to give to 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 give love in the hold love in the heart for that person it is not easy it's not easy and it's a high goal but what you know, what impact can I have by my negativity? Um, uh, I was going to give an example. Um, Sorry, it's gone away anyway. Um, But you know, um, when I just have that feeling of hate or anger, it's again fueling that atmosphere. Um, It it takes a lot of courage to do this, a lot of sacrifice of your own feelings to say, I need to go to something higher, a higher consciousness. Um, I really don't know what can reach that soul. But there is a soul within. He is a soul. He is a person of consciousness. There must be a way in somewhere. Um, I remember um, uh, the person who's currently the Secretary General of NATO, he was the Prime Minister of um, Norway. I remember when there was um, that killing of young people at that time on that island, and I was so struck by his speech. He said, if this is what hate can do, imagine what love can do. So not easy, but we need to
0: take the higher ground somehow. Mm. Um, In the continuing that theme a little bit um, there, the person's asking, surely feeling the injustice of what's happening in the Ukraine. um, Yes, it gets me a little upset, a little angry. But that's been the the stimuli to get me out there helping um, collect and send things on to the Ukraine. Surely we need to feel anger rather than just simply compassion. Well, you know, um, that kind
1: of um, righteous anger, if you like, um, I I think, you know, you can transmute that into this pure like... um, Passion for action. And yes, I agree that passion for action has to be there and do it with a pure heart and a good heart, but do it fully. And, you know, it will have even greater impact. So at first, yes, it's like, oh, but then quickly transmuted, okay, now what can I do? And do that with with a pure heart. That's what I would say. And we're all trying to do something.
0: Thank you. Um, Next question offered another tangent. (laughs) I have have such an emotional heart and fear can rule me. How can I take the pain out of facing ego or fear um, other than meditation?
1: Well, meditation is the best way to do it. That's the way I've done it to a very large extent. Um, Why do you need something else other than meditation? (laughs) Because really, if you think about it, you're dealing with your inner consciousness. And the way into your consciousness is through thought. And meditation is about transforming your thoughts and generating those pure, powerful thoughts that lead us to connect within and connect with the divine. And so then everything begins to shift inside. Um, And yes, meditation is the way, that's what I'd say. But, you know, um, sometimes, you know, uh, I need to give myself a little bit of comfort at times. And I know I would always say to myself, okay, if I'm not sure what to do, and perhaps I can't meditate right now because too many thoughts, Um, sit down and have a cup of tea that's very British I know (laughs) and I like green tea (laughs) but do something that will just calm you down so that you can then get into your meditation because that's the way in which you're going to be able to reach your heart and things will work
0: that's interesting a cup of tea that sounds <laughs> lovely. I'm wondering if that's the answer to the next question or if you have something you can add to it. Um, the a person cup, cup say, coffee. Cup of coffee. <laughs> <a> cup of <laughs> coffee, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the person's asking, I find that I truly do love almost everyone in my life, but I catch myself having conversations with people in my own head where I'm defending myself or explaining myself. These dialogues really don't match how much I love the person and how I feel for them. Uh, (laughs) You talked about cleaning one's heart. How can I clean my arguing mind habit so my loving heart doesn't have to shrink in front of my Uh arguing mind?
1: That's a beautiful question it really is a beautiful question but it, and it re, but it, it indicates that you know your heart within you know it and that's very beautiful you have the start, starting point you have the foundation so when you start having those conversations with someone um why don't you try to have a conversation with their loving heart your loving heart conversing with their loving heart experiment with it and it'll turn it around. Um, Otherwise, it's my, you know, like my head or my ego conversing with their ego and egos clash. But hearts come together. So talk your loving heart
0: to their loving heart. See what happens. So tea in a conversation, that's very British, yes. <laughs> Thank True. Thank you. I, I love it. It's, it's almost like it's already there. We've just kind of dropped things in the hurry yeah. of life. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, here's the next question Being ourselves can also mean being out of step with others. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're a little different or quirky. And that makes us different and makes it seem that we're less easy to be understood, um, not in a bad way, you know, we're, or Yes, we're not different in a bad way or unkind. So how do I manage that? And is there a compromise to being me and yet also fit in to an extent?
1: Hmm. Gosh, you know, every every person's circumstance is different. So I can just give some broad ideas, obviously. But, um, you know, one is, you know, keep your dignity of who you are. That's you. And that's absolutely fine. Um, And you're not trying to put that you on other people or you want them to be like you or anything. You're dignified in who you are. But also, wherever you can have flexibility, it's a good thing. So, okay, you may like things in a certain way. Someone likes it in another way. If it's not too important, be flexible. Be flexible and and adapt to their needs at times. It's okay. But don't lose your dignity and don't let that change your inner nature. So keep your nature, but be flexible when you can.
0: Thank you. Next two questions. I think I'm going to put the next two questions together. How do you manage hurt when you give a lot to others and it doesn't seem to be appreciated? So that's one. Um, And the next question is, can you love too much? Can you give too much love knowing that you're not going to get it back or be appreciated? And then what do you do?
1: (laughs) You sulk after that, I guess. <laughs> um, it's a question, like we were saying in, in the talk, you know, what is that true heart and what is that love that I'm giving? And if I'm giving love and I expect a return, then that isn't true love, that's conditional. So where my heart is full of love, that original true love that actually is whole in itself. It doesn't need anybody to add to it. It's part of my original nature. It is my my state of being. And I'm giving, then it doesn't need a return. And it's okay. I'm giving, and that's it. And because I'm giving, I will gain more from the divine. I will gain blessings. Um, My stock of love will never dry up if I'm giving without expectation. If I'm giving with expectation, yes, the stock of love can dry up. So don't expect and give. Also, the other aspect is that um, just by giving, people know that you're there for them, that's fine. Um, But also, um, if people want to keep taking your time, it is important to put some boundaries because it's important not to make them dependent on you. So in giving love, give love, don't expect the return, but help them to be empowered in their own love. So with love, give them wisdom, share some things. With love, help them to look at themselves. So you're not just giving the love, but that love has some sort of, Um, way of uplifting them so that they can see themselves more clearly because where people don't appreciate it means they don't appreciate themselves so try to help
0: that person to come out of that way of being thank you thank you there's two more questions Um, one of them is very personal and i've been debating on whether to ask you it so i will ask it the person saying they've met you at a Friday night Savoy talk many years ago and um, had a chat with you afterwards and discovered that you, like them, uh, have a Jewish background mm. or are Jewish. Um, and they're wondering if you, if your family had been affected by during the Second World War. Oh, OK. And Um, how did you get over, you know, the hurt, the pain, um, maybe even the anger towards Hmm. Hitler and the German people?
1: Okay, I'll give a, well, um, I mean, I was born after the war, um, and luckily my parents, my family were all in, in the UK, um, although my mother came from the East, but um, you know, she was, I mean, everyone was affected by the war, but um, uh, none of my family were in the Holocaust as such. And but my sister in law's family were. Um, and in fact, um, I visited Auschwitz about now three years ago and I um, looked at, saw their names in the book of names there. So very real. Um, and of course, I was brought up with that, that thing about Germany and German. And, you know, my dad didn't want us to get anything that was made in Germany. And <laughs> um, because, of course, he'd lived through that war time. And then he he softened later on. Um, and uh, so it's like, you know, it's something instinctive in you that you find coming up now and then. Um, but I really... Um, have said to myself that, you know, what what identity do I want to choose? Um, I have to be my own person. And yes, that aspect of my identity is there, and it's not going to go away because it's part of me. Um, But, you know, I cannot hold people now responsible for what happened in the past. It's a different time. And... And I know one person actually used to come to the Friday night talks, um, who held that anger for a long time. And She was of that generation that lived through the war. She held that anger for a long time until, actually she took one of our courses in anger management and she was able to let go. Um, Because I have to understand that it's only going to damage me at this point. And so it was with understanding, really, that I le- I wanted to let go of the attitude that I'd inherited from my parents. I have to say, very honestly, though, um, if people make jokes about Hitler, I say to them, please don't make those jokes in front of me. <laughs> There's still a sensitivity. Um, but... I want to get on with my life and this, this has been important. And forgiveness is so important. Gratitude is so important. Gratitude for what I have now and the life that my family were given in the UK. Um, from my grandparents on my father's side, they came from the pogroms and they were given refuge in the UK. You know, It's such a past and we have to move forward, I feel.
0: Thank you. Um, There's two questions actually now. I'm going to put the next question to you and then the final question. So please don't send any more questions (laughs) because I don't want to disappoint people. But the next question is, being Jewish, how do you feel about the treatment of Palestinian people who, who have been driven out of their land and oppressed for decades?
1: Well, I don't feel very good about it, uh, if I'm honest, but um, I don't really want to get drawn into the whole um, debate or the whole situation currently, um, but I will say one thing that I've really learned. Um, when 9-11 happened and, uh, you know, people were making statements and they were very much on one side or the other, or, you know, um, and we wanted to make a statement and we asked Daddy Janki, what would you say? And what she said really did strike me. And she said, um, now is not the time to take sides, but to have love and compassion for everyone. And, and we put that out in the statement and people appreciated it. And I think wherever there's a situation of conflict, we have to have compassion. It's important to have compassion for everyone because everyone is suffering. And if people are doing things that are wrong and that are suppressing another group of people, they are gonna get the comeback of that. They need our compassion. Um, It's a very complex situation. Um, You know, I have family in Israel. Um, and I remember being there once with, um, I was with a small group of people and there was a a retired judge, very spiritual person. And he made this comment and I thought, I can't make the comment, but he can as an Israeli. And he made this comment. He said, you have enemies because you think you have enemies. So much work is needed on both sides, totally. So I think that's as much as I would say. Thank you.
0: Gosh, that's beautiful. Both the, you have enemies because you think you have them. That's quite incredible what we create for ourselves in our lives. But the fact that we never need to take sides, truly, honestly, and to love that openly and unconditionally. Thank you. But Thank (laughs) you so much, everybody. We look forward to welcoming you back during the week. Good night and stay safe.